Now it's time for Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf, the number one relationship advice radio show in the U.S. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask Dr. Love. It's my pleasure to be with you again this week. Today, we're talking about relationship SOS and how to use my first aid tools to rescue a discussion that is derailing. So did you know that happy couples naturally steer their discussions back on course or they postpone to a later time if the discussions aren't going well? By contrast, unhappy couples don't recognize when discussions are entering dangerous waters, meaning they're reaching the point of no return. So today I'm going to show you how to use a few of my many first aid tools to help you salvage a conversation before it cycles out of control. My first aid tools are going to help you cool down a partner who's losing it so you can turn your ship around. And I'm also going to help you recognize when it's time to abandon ship and abort your discussion for a later time as well as how to reapproach your issues so that your next discussion will be successful. So let's sail together into smoother waters on the love boat called Relationship SOS. Later in the show, I'm going to be sharing my answers to questions submitted to the Ask Dr. Love advice column. And I'll just give you a little brief teaser of each of the questions I'm going to tackle. The first one is, is relationship always 100 slash 100? I always feel like I'm the one giving 90% all the time. And in this question, I help a woman in a long distance relationship with a boyfriend who is a busy IT professional who isn't taking the time to call or respond to her texts. And she wonders if she's being unresponsive, uh, if she's being unreasonable to his unresponsiveness. So stick with me for my surprising answer to her question. The next question is, will he, won't he? And here I'm helping a young woman whose boyfriend says he's only interested in fun. And she wonders if it's possible for this kind of a guy to fall in love. The next question is deceased ex-wife sharing our marriage. And here I'm helping a woman whose husband continually compares her to his deceased ex-wife. And she feels like she's sharing her marriage with a ghost and asks me to help her handle this difficult situation. And finally, pulling away. I'm talking with a young woman whose boyfriend told her before they had sex that he was not a fly-by-night operation. But as soon as he unzipped his fly, he began pulling away. So she wonders how to discuss what's happening without appearing needy and driving him farther away. And if we have time, I'm going to do a celebrity couch segment. These are segments where I analyze a movie star or public celebrity. And in this case, I'm going to analyze Angelina Jolie's sex addiction, what causes it, and how to resolve a sex addiction. Got a lot for you today. So let's get on to today's topic. If you've watched or listened to my previous shows, you're familiar with the correct way to present your issues using my XY formula. X is what was said or done. Why is how you feel about it. That's the bare bones of the formula. Begins with a disclaimer, ends with a suggestion for the future. Well, for more details on this, you um, can listen to that uh, archived show or you can read up on the formula in Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. So today I'm talking about the steps you need to follow after you've presented your issue using the XY formula and when your discussion begins to veer off course. So in order to effectively manage your discussion, you need to have a mental image of your feet planted on two different sides of a fence. And by this, I mean one foot is on your side of the fence because you have an issue that's troubling you and you want to discuss and resolve the issue. But you also need to have your other foot on your partner's emotional side of the fence, watching, watching for signs that your partner is getting hot under the collar and starting to lose it. So if you're only thinking about your gripe, but you aren't also acting as relationship overseer and monitoring your partner's reactions, you aren't going to notice when your partner starts to lose it. And that means you're going to miss the chance to apply my first aid techniques to cool your partner and the discussion down before your conversation tanks. And you don't want to let your conversation get too heated and ultimately tank for a very important reason. 
when your first attempt to address a topic fails, you both build up bad memories and negative feelings from the last time you tried to talk about the topic. And this makes it much harder to successfully address your topic in the future, which means your issue is going to be unresolved. And that's going to lead to chronic relationship conflict, breakups and divorce, all of which you don't need. So after you present your issue, you're going to want to switch battle gear and become what I call the discussion overseer. And as overseer, you're going to be watching for signs that your discussion is heating up, meaning your partner is falling into autonomic nervous system or ANS arousal, which is popularly known as the fight flight response. Now, I want to give you the main nonverbal and verbal signs that your partner is switching into ANS arousal. Because if you don't recognize the signs, your partner is going to withdraw from you emotionally, physically, or verbally, or even physically, just take off. And that means your discussion is going to go south and fast. So the nonverbal signs that your partner is switching into ANS arousal include your partner's voice starting to rise. He or she is starting to talk more loudly. Your partner may start to look flushed or begin to sweat or breathe heavily. And no, you're not having sex, right? It's a, a panting. That's a symptom of ANS arousal. Or your partner is exhibiting early warning signs of ANS arousal, which include this blank, emotionless stare. I call that the no hablo inglés expression. Turning away, avoiding eye contact, or is silent, looks sullen, or seems to be not hearing, which is also part of ANS arousal. The brain actually shuts down. I explain all about this metabolic biochemical reaction in Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. Another sign of ANS arousal is your partner looks ready to run out of the room. Now, verbal signs of ANS arousal are your partner is escaping mentally by justifying, defending, making excuses, or refusing to accept responsibility. Now, if you see any of these signs, you have to apply my first aid techniques, ASAP, Otherwise, your discussion is going to sink like a sub. So the first first aid technique that I want to share with you is what I call bringing up ancient history. Now, one way to smooth a mate's ruffling feathers, and by the way, these techniques work for conflicts with friends, family workers, co-workers, but I'm just saying now, for simplicity's sake, a partner. One way to smooth your partner's ruffling feathers is to bring up your ancient history. And I don't mean that you should dredge up past grievances with your partner because that will only inflame matters more. I mean that it will be helpful to tell your partner what old scars, your old scars, have been triggered by your current conflict. And by old scars, I mean things that happened to you during your deformative years when you were a kid. So this technique is effective for two reasons. First, it immediately sparks empathy on the part of your partner because he or she can see the hurting child in you and talking about pain that stems from before your partner was in the picture shifts the focus away from your partner's ego, which aborts ANS arousal and withdrawal reactions. So I'll give you an example. When you tell me that we can't ever go out to dinner, no discussion. It reminds me of my dad who never let me tell him my point of view. And it made me feel so hurt and frustrated when dad did that to me. Okay. So immediately the partner's leaning in. Oh, wow. Your dad hurt you. I see why this is a hot button for you. See, another first aid technique is for you to stress the hurt instead of the anger. So one way to cool the climate down and abort ANS arousal and fight flight reactions is to focus on your hurt feelings. And this should help your mate or your partner or whoever you're conflicting with be more receptive and less defensive because vulnerability on your part evokes an empathic rather than defensive response and transforms your partner from enemy to ally. When you talk not only of not only about what your beef with your partner dredged up from your childhood, you also want to stress the feeling of hurt rather than anger at your partner. In any case, anger is never the primary emotion. It's never the core emotion. Anger covers hurt, fear, and sadness. So when you share your more vulnerable feelings of hurt or sadness or fear, 
that evokes a feeling of empathy in your partner rather than anger and defensiveness. Empathy is an antidote to ANS arousal and automatically will cool down a partner who is growing hot under the collar. Now, I also, as part of the arsenal of my first aid techniques, give you some cool down questions to refocus a mate who's losing it. So presuming that your mate, your partner, whoever you're conflicting with, assuming that your partner's ANS arousal isn't off the charts, the cool down questions that I wanna share with you next are gonna be effective in settling your partner down. So here's one good cool down question. Obviously I'm not coming across properly. Can you help me rephrase what I am saying in a way that would feel better for you? Now, of course, that shows I'm your friend. I'm not out to deprive you of vital bodily parts. I want to have an effective conversation with you. I want you to be comfortable. So you see, there's your foot on the other side of the fence. It's not all about me and my feelings, okay? A second cool down question. I think that you're feeling attacked by me and that is not my intent. Can you tell me where I'm going wrong? And a third really good cool down question. Can you suggest how I can talk to you in a way that won't offend you? Now I want to share some additional first aid techniques that handle specific types of meltdowns. And the goal in all cases remains the same, to smooth ruffled feathers and arrest A and S arousal before your partner withdraws emotionally, physically, psychically, verbally, and your discussion heats and tanks. So let's say your partner makes excuses defends or justifies him or herself. So when a partner begins to tell you all the reasons why he or she said what he did or did what he did, your partner is obviously feeling blamed or attacked. So he's making up these excuses to pad a wounded, fraying ego. Your partner's ego needs patching or else your partner's going to be out the door any second. So in this case, you should say, I'm not saying you intentionally set out to hurt me or whatever the feeling is. I'm just telling you how I feel, or I'm just telling you how the behavior landed with me. See, that's more neutral, how the behavior landed. When a partner says, but what about my feelings? Now, look, in a perfect world, you, the person who's confronting the topic, should be heard and completely understood before your partner takes his or her turn to state his or her own thoughts and feelings. So I call this the emotional right of way. Now, distressed partners are so accustomed to not being heard that they have a hard time waiting their turn. This explains why your partner or your husband will demand his or her own airtime before you have finished speaking. You feel sad or mad. Well, how do you think I feel? Or you want me to listen to your feelings, but what about mine? So when both partners feel unheard, we're facing a very difficult relationship impasse in which nobody is willing to listen to the other. And it's important for both partners to understand the rules of the road as it relates to the emotional right of way. The right of way goes to the person who's bringing up the issue or problem. And by the way, it's easier for your partner to give you the emotional right of way when he or she knows that you're going to come back. To your partner's feelings. To reassure your partner that he or she will have his day in court, you could say something like, I also want to hear how you feel. If we could just finish with me and you listen and understand how I feel, I promise we'll get back to you and give you the same attention. Now, a word of warning. For couples who've been conflicted for a really long time, there is no what I call money in the bank, meaning there's no trust that you're ever going to be heard because nobody is listening to anybody. Everybody turns up the volume and interrupts in a futile attempt to be heard. But of course, the shouting, the blaming, the not listening, the fight traps, they all turn off everybody's ears. So to break the cycle, even if you are the one presenting the issue and you have the emotional right of way in theory... If you see that your partner is getting too hot to listen to you, you have to triage the situation and take care of your partner's bleeding self first. Then when your partner's okay, we can return to you and your issue. And to do this, you would say, I see that you're feeling too upset to hear me right now. So let me understand you now and will return to me afterwards. Doing this instantly cools down the climate and gets your discussion back on a productive track. And it also models for your partner how he or she needs to return the favor and listen to you in return. And you'll see that by taking the high road and cooling your partner down, your gift will be returned to you in spades because your partner will be cooled down and ready to listen and understand you in return. 
Now, if your partner defends, makes excuses, or justifies him or herself, a specific first aid statement would be, I'm not saying you did anything wrong. Again, I'm just telling you how the behavior landed with me. Now, what happens when you can't cool down your partner? Well, then you have to abort the discussion before you both lose your heads and say and do something that you can't take back. And when you're calm, then you're going to reapproach your partner using the cool down questions I mentioned a few minutes ago. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to give you a couple of more first aid techniques. I'll be back with you in a moment. Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. This was once your recreation, but now it's your addiction. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now, 866-761-9111. You could be clean and sober in 7 to 30 days. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now, 866-761-9111. That's 866-761-9111. Call this number right now. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello again and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. We're talking about relationship SOS and how to use my first aid tools to rescue a discussion that's derailing. Now, what happens if you're in a discussion and your partner starts interrupting you? When you feel cut off, your natural reaction is going to be to interrupt the other person, which will further contribute to the partner not feeling heard. So while you, the confronter, have the emotional right of way, you need to keep your eye on the larger goal, saving the negotiation or discussion. 
So you have two ways to proceed at this point. One is to tell your partner, I'm interested in how you feel. Can we finish with me and then get back to you? The acknowledgement that you're interested in his or her feelings often helps to bring the discussion back on track. But if it doesn't, you have only other one, only one other choice. Deal with the other person's feelings, let him or her talk, use your listening skills, and reflect your understanding of his or her feelings. When your partner feels emotionally understood, you should be able to resume the original discussion and get back to you. Now, this discussion impasse is similar to the impasses I discussed in segment one. When your partner interrupts you for whatever reason, you have to know that your partner is feeling attacked and is on the defensive. And warning bells need to go off for you. ANS arousal is mounting. You need to cool things down and fast. And so you also will want to say, you know, you have a good point there. Can we agree to get back to you and it after we finish this? Or two other alternatives. I think you're feeling blamed by me. How can I talk to you so that you won't feel that I'm blaming you? Or are you interrupting because you aren't feeling heard by me? Now, here's the next uh, kind of situation that often derails a discussion. And that is when traditionally, traditional males that is men who are in the traditional male gender role, it's all about protecting, providing, uh, solving problems. When they hear a female partner saying she's upset, the male's natural reaction is to say, you shouldn't feel that way. And since men do feel responsible for their partner's happiness, they often think that it's their job to rescue a partner when the partner is upset. And this can cause traditional male partners to try to talk their partners out of their feelings, saying stuff like, let it go, or it's not a big deal, or you're being too sensitive. Now, obviously, that infuriates the receiver because you're not hearing what is being said. So a good response is, I know you don't like the feelings in the air, but if you just listen and understand, my feelings will settle down more quickly. Now, if you sense that your partner's trying to talk you out of your feelings because he feels guilty for having inflicted pain on you, then the next response I'm going to give you is ideal. I think you're feeling guilty and I want you to know that I understand that you didn't mean to hurt me. Just understanding me now will help me feel better. Now, a variant of the shouldn't, you shouldn't feel that way response is offering unsolicited sex suggestions or solutions to try to fix what is bothering you. Now, this is a very common mistake that guys make, you know, like as if the woman couldn't have thought of this, this solution herself. And when he comes in with all these suggestions and solutions, she gets furious because he's just not hearing her. So in this case, you can say, I know you are unhappy to see me upset. And I know you're offering solutions to help me feel better. When you offer solutions, I feel unheard. But just listening and understanding how I feel is the solution to the problem. And that's how you're going to help me feel better. All right. Now, here's another derailing situation, counterblaming. So your mate or your partner, whoever you're conflicting with, is trying to shore up his wounded ego by saying, I'm not the bad guy here. You make mistakes too. I'm shifting the blame back onto you. So your response to this impasse is to say, you have a valid point about me. Could we finish what we're talking about now and get back to what I've done to upset you after we finish this? Okay. Now, another impasse and how to specifically deal with it is the partner's refusal to accept responsibility. So when a person's ego is eroded, and that is often the case in chronically conflicted relationships, accepting responsibility for upsetting the other person is tantamount to admitting that he or she is a failure. So in this case, a good response is, I know that you didn't mean to hurt or whatever the feeling is, hurt me when you did X, Y, or Z. Making a mistake doesn't mean you're bad. We're just talking about this particular instance. Or you might say, if you accidentally fell on my foot and broke it, I'd still be in pain. I need you to understand that my feelings were accidentally hurt as well. Now, another possible block to accepting responsibility stems from the fear of vulnerability. So your partner may be afraid that his admission of guilt will be used against him. If you suspect that this is the case, then the next thing I'm going to tell you would apply. Listen, just because you acknowledge that you did something to hurt me doesn't mean that I'm going to get even and never let you live it down. Now, another thing that you're going to watch for that's 
a warning that your discussion is about to derail because anus arousal is mounting, is what's called summarizing self. So it's been observed by a lot of researchers, including me, that distressed couples summarize and restate their positions during conflict discussions. When partners are not feeling heard by each other, they repeat themselves, hoping to be finally heard. So if you notice that your partner is beginning to repeat himself, it's high time to get into high listening gear. And you better act fast because not feeling heard is ANS arousal bait. So you might say something like, I notice you've repeated that sentence a couple of times. Did you think that I didn't hear you? Uh, and then when he says, yeah, I think you didn't hear me, then you're going to reflect back and make sure that the other person knows you heard and you understood. Or, obviously, I haven't given you the impression that I have heard and understood what you're saying. Let me repeat what I think you're saying and tell me if I've understood. Okay, so I have given you like real high-tech relationship SOS techniques, but what if you didn't jump in fast enough and the ANS arousal was already too far gone and everything is failing, then you have to abort the mission. So if your partner's ANS arousal is off the charts, you may not be able to veer your discussion back on track. And if you cannot succeed in cooling things down, despite the first aid techniques that I mentioned so far, then you've got to abort your discussion and postpone until later. And you want to use this break to analyze where the discussion went wrong. And you want to ask your mate for feedback on what he or she thinks caused the discussion to derail using the cool down questions that I mentioned previously. And use your accumulated knowledge to refine your approach. When you're calm, reapproach your partner using the cool down questions I mentioned. And when you reapproach, you want to ask specifically what you said or did that made the discussion upsetting for him and her or her, and how you can reapproach the discussion this time in a way that feels better. And when you reapproach this way, you're showing that you're friend, not foe, and that you want to work with your partner to have a more productive discussion this time around. And setting this tone will ensure that your partner stays cool the second time around, so you'll be able to sail through the second discussion. So if you want to learn more about my relationship first aid techniques for cooling down your partner and saving a sinking discussion, read Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. Dr. Love's 10 Simple Steps for Cooling Conflict and Rekindling Your Relationship. This book presents my proven conflict resolution method that works for over 90% of the gay, straight, bi couples who use it, friends, family worker, family members, and coworkers. It works also with your kids. I want to take a second to also tell you how my method differs from what you may have read, seen, or heard from other therapists and relationship experts. So Today, the majority of therapists practice a type of therapy that's called cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT therapy. This method focuses on changing your thoughts and your behaviors, and there's no discussion of feelings whatsoever. Now, this method reduces humans to robots, and the therapists act as mechanics who program you to think and act differently. And I have found that this approach is sorely lacking, because even if you try to force yourself to act and think differently, if you don't get at the underlying forces, the feelings that fuel your thoughts and your behavior, and if you don't heal these forces, you can't make any lasting changes. So out of my Center for Emotional Communication, I've spent the past 42 years conducting observational research to figure out what causes our intimate relationships to fail or flourish. And this has led me to create my core therapy method. And with my method, I help you to unearth and heal the early wounds, what I call the old scars that shaped your thoughts, your feelings, and your behaviors. And so instead of Band-Aid therapies, which offer quick fixes and behavioral tricks that cover the wounds that fester inside all of us, I dig deep to uncover and heal the core of your problem, the buried wound, the old scars that actually cause all of our personal and relationship woes. And in this era of quick fixes and superficiality, I know that encouraging you to be patient and delve a little deeper to understand yourself and your partner is bucking a popular trend. But 
oh, is the effort worth it? Think of your relationships as being like fine wine. They improve with time. So be patient. Give yourself and your partner and the people you love this gift of taking the time to look deeper. And once you help each other to uncover and heal your core wounds and the feelings associated with them, you won't need to reach back out to me in six months, a year, or six years from now because the same problem has popped up again and you just go on a you're going to go on to lead a happier and more productive life for life. All right, be back with you in a moment. Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. This was once your recreation, but now it's your addiction. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now, 866-761-9111. You could be clean and sober in 7 to 30 days. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now, 866-761-9111. That's 866-761-9111. Call this number right now. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Before we get on to the questions, I just want to close the discussion about relationship SOS and how to fear a discussion that's derailing back on course. I want to give you a tip to remember and a couple little catchy phrases to drive the lesson home. Happy couples never pursue discussions that aren't productive. By contrast, unhappy couples are like dogs with bones. They stick with discussions to the bitter end, causing their relationships to end bitterly. 
And here's a couple tweets for you. Unproductive discussions are like leaky ships. They sink your relationships. Timing is everything. Make sure your partner is available before you embark on serious talking. A happy relationship is heaven on earth. A crummy one is hell on wheels. Keep conflict at bay and your connection will be here to stay. When conflict is put to bed, love triumphs instead. All right, so let's get on to the questions. This first question, is relationship always 100-100? I always feel like I'm the one giving 90% all the time. Hi, I would appreciate insights in my clouded emotional mind. I would like to hear unbiased opinion about this. I have met this guy for nine years. He liked me since college days. We started out as best friends. Then he confessed that he liked me. I was afraid of ruining our friendship at first, but now we've been in a relationship for four years. It's been a long distance relationship because of our friendship. Loyalty has never been an issue. We wanted to work this out. There would be fights, but we tried to improve our relationship by trying to communicate better. For the past four years, though, I feel like I'm the one who always forgives, tries to make time to make this relationship works work. He works as an IT engineer, and he tells me it's always stressful. I try to understand him. He would give me a brief call and update me about his life, but I feel like being a diary at the back of my mind. I'm thinking, how about me? Aren't you going to ask what's going on in my life? I work as a nurse. I would sleep late waiting for his call. I would be on my phone waiting whenever he's free. I feel like I'm always the one trying to accommodate him. I'm waiting, looking forward one day that he would do an extra mile for me, or maybe I don't see the sacrifices he's doing for me. I tried to communicate it to him that I would appreciate if he would leave me a text message, be more expressive. I don't bother to leave a text message anymore because I know he won't even read, read it and respond back, but he says he's too busy. He was able to do it in our first years that we were together. Well, I tried to be less emotional and think about his well-being first. All I just wanted is for him to try to get back with me by spending quality time on a weekend. At least do something for me, just one thing. I really want to support him because he's building something for us in the long term. But I feel like he doesn't understand where I'm coming from. What if we start a family and raise kids? Would he be able to understand my emotional needs? Don't I deserve a little love and attention as well? Am I being unfair? Am I being selfish? Or he cannot balance his life at all right now? Is he too focused on his agenda that he can't juggle our relationship? Do I love him too much that I keep putting valid reasons that he's busy? His agenda comes first when my emotions are also valid, that my concerns also need to be acknowledged? Is it true that relationships should be 100-100? Or on bad days, you as a partner don't have any cho choice but to give your utmost? Thank you. I don't have anyone to vent to. I wanted to protect his image to my family. I thought we worked so hard for this, or I mostly worked so hard for this, for it not to fall apart. Okay. So look, you have really good reason to be concerned. This man is behaving in a selfish way. He is inconsiderate of you. You aren't even married, but he has wrapped you around his finger because he knows you're going to tolerate whatever he does. You are a doormat in this relationship. And that you are even asking me whether you have a right to feel what you feel and expect what you expect tells me you have a serious issue. How come you don't know that you should expect more responsiveness from him? I don't care how busy he is as an IT worker. It takes two seconds to reply to a text. He is not respecting you. He is not treating you like a friend, let alone a beloved partner. The issue here is with you. So we need to figure out why you're willing to take crumbs and why you're trying to convince yourself that crumbs are sufficient. Is your mother a doormat to your father? Or did you have an unavailable parent? Are you now trying to get from this unavailable man what you didn't receive from your parent? You need to read Kiss Your Fights Goodbye to understand how we all unconsciously choose partners who emotionally resemble the parent who let us down or harmed us in an attempt to fix the old scar we suffered from that parent's behavior. Abused, neglected kids often fall into the pattern of trying to fix the parent, hoping that if they are very good and giving and loving, we will succeed in fixing our parent. And when they are fixed, they will be able to give back to us all the love we crave and deserve. 
Now, of course, the attempts to fix a defective parent never succeed. It's hard enough to fix ourselves and impossible to fix another person. When we don't succeed in fixing our parents, our unhealed wound creates tragic aftershocks in the form of a compulsion that drives us to choose partners who are like the parent who failed us. We choose partners who are like the parent who let us down because we're unconsciously restaging the original trauma of childhood. It's this restaging in which we compulsively try to fix the partner the way we couldn't fix our parent. The same childhood fantasy rears its head again. If I'm good and if I'm giving, I'm going to win my partner's love. And if we can succeed in getting from the part or partner what we didn't get from our parent, we will feel as though we healed the original wound with our parent. But unfortunately, this scenario never works out the way we want, precisely because the partner is limited and damaged in the exact way our parent was, meaning the partner cannot give us any more or any better, better than our parents did. But we don't want to give up trying to win our partner's love. Giving up would feel like giving up all the hope of healing the childhood wound, what I call the old scar that lives inside us. So here's the crux of your issue. All this giving to a person who isn't giving back to you rewards and trains him to dump on you. He knows that no matter how much he neglects you, you will keep on giving. The result is that giving to a person who isn't giving back puts salt on your original wound and worsens your original wound. With each emotional gift you give, you are re-injuring yourself by reliving the original and very disappointing relationship with the parent who neglected or mistreated you. So I hope you see now why all you're giving to your partner has not only trained him to dump on you, but awakened and worsened your early injury. And by the way, people with this particular childhood injury often become nurses because their pattern of trying to heal the damaged parent makes them natural nurses. Now it's your job to face that you have trained and rewarded him to take and not give back. And next you have to make the internal shift away from disempowerment and lack of entitlement. And then you have to decide that you are willing to take this issue to the mat and even walk from the relationship if he doesn't straighten out. Whining and begging and complaining is not the way to turn this ship around. Your words weaken your position. You have become the boy who cries wolf. You complain, but you stick around. So no more words. Do not say a word to him about these shifts that you make. He will feel that you have changed when you do what I'm going to tell you to do next. Once you decide that you're ready to go all the way to stand for yourself, then you're ready to take this issue to the mat. And the way you're going to take this issue to the mat is by withdrawing from him. Don't be available when he calls. Don't reach out to him. Treat him the way he treats you. And then he's going to know what it feels like to be dismissed. In other words, you're no longer going to reward his bad behavior with any kind of attention. He should only receive from you when he gives to you first. This is like a poker game. He who blinks first loses. And you have to be willing to lose this man in order to resolve this situation. And if he isn't willing to step up and be a true partner to you, better you find out now before you marry and have kids. It's now or never. Either he's going to show himself to be a selfish narcissist who's only willing to take and not give back, or he will step up to the plate and start giving you what you deserve. If you discover that he is a narcissist who is not capable of giving, then you've got to save yourself and move on to a partner who can give to you. And by the way, by healing your old scar, first, when you read Kiss Your Fights Goodbye, you identify your old scar and you work on healing it, work on it in one-on-one -on -one therapy or in a group by giving yourself the corrective responses and the love and the respect you, you always needed from the parent who let you down. When your old scar heals, you will no longer be attracted to this kind of partner and you will draw a much better partner into your life. Kiss Your Fights Goodbye is available at AskDrLove.com through my products and services tab. When you go to that tab, you'll see all the things I offer to help you heal yourself as an individual, heal your relationships uh, with someone in the earth plane, someone in the spirit realm. So everything is there for you in the store at AskDrLove.com. All right. So let's take a brief break. When we come back, I'll answer another question. 
Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. This was once your recreation, but now it's your addiction. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now, 866-761-9111. You could be clean and sober in 7 to 30 days. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now, 866-761-9111. That's 866-761-9111. Call this number right now. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello again and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf and I'm answering your questions now. This question is entitled, Will He? Won't He? This guy I've been seeing for only a month told me from the start he only wants fun. I'm cool with it, and I'm trying not to get too attached, but I know how easily I can fall for a guy. Past experience forced me to put my guard up. However, I'm really into him. I'm trying to not let on or overdo any texting, but we do text quite a lot, both equally, and we talk a lot online. Yes, we've done stuff, and yes, we've had sex already, but it seems like he does care about me, but I still don't want to get the wrong impression. I'm 20 and not the most experienced with guys or relationships. So what I was wondering was three things. One, do guys often say that if they have been hurt in the past and are wary themselves? Two, convincing themselves that they are all they're after is fun for the time being? And three, do they usually stick to that or can they fall for you? That's the question. Thanks, Natalie. 
So what a great series of questions. So I'm assuming that this guy that you're seeing is close in age to you. And the reality is that it's normal for a young guy to want to sow his wild oats, have fun and not be tied down. It's common for a guy to feel this way, even if he hasn't been hurt by a past relationship. But if he has been hurt, then he's going to be more married to the avoidance of commitment. So that said, I hesitate to generalize further because everyone handles trauma differently. Plus, we don't know what trauma he carries from his family of origin. If he was wounded during his deformative years, then a bad breakup will have added salt to an older wound, making him even more injured and wary of falling in love and having um, commitment. So the good news is time is on your side for two reasons. First, he's young and so are you. So you have time to discover whether he's damaged beyond hope or not. And I'm banking on him realizing in time that you aren't like his ex who made him wary and that um, you are a good choice for him. Uh, also, I recommend getting him talking about what went wrong in his past relationship. The talking cure is just that. If you get him talking about what happened, he can work through his wariness. And as for the normal need for fun, what he needs to feel is that he can be committed to you and still have fun. And over time, he needs to experience the reality that you're a fun person and that a relationship with you is going to give him the best of both worlds, an intimate connection and breathing room and freedom. It's said that all men naturally resist commitment because they're afraid of losing their independence, which is another way of saying that they fear the loss of fun. So just putting in the time with him and letting him feel that he can have it all with you, fun and freedom, will be just the medicine that he needs to overcome his wariness, let down his guard, and let his heart fall for you. And by the way, there's a therapeutic technique called joining that's very effective in softening resistances of all sorts. So you heard the popular saying, if you can't beat them, join them. Well, when it comes to resistances, nobody wants to feel that his arm is being twisted. That only heightens resistance rather than resolve it. And by contrast, joining the resistance actually has the magic effect of dissolving it. So my point regarding his wariness and resistance to fall in love is this. If you join his feelings of resistance by saying statements like, I totally get why you want fun. That's what life's about. If you can't enjoy your ride, what's the point of living, right? Or if you join him and don't push him for love and commitment, he'll come around. There's no hurry here. Again, you're both young. You don't need to rush City Hall or rush to City Hall for a marriage license. Enjoy your time with him and let his heart thaw. And let me know how long he takes to fall for you. The better you join him, the sooner he'll fall. And get ready because his heart is soon to be a dead duck. <laughs> All right. So I don't have time to answer any more questions. Regarding the sex addiction that I wanted to talk about with Angelina Jolie. So I'll just give you a, just a highlight about that. So very often sex addiction, addictions are the result of emotional deprivation in childhood. And so we have an emotional deficit and we're trying to fill that hole, but we're using the wrong hole, the anatomical hole to fill the emotional hole. And secondly, there's a lot of research that addictions are linked to low magnesium and that supplementing with transdermal magnesium, which goes right into the bloodstream and begins reversing the deficiency immediately, reverses Addictions. If you want to know more about the science of this, in my book, my latest book, If You Think You Don't Have PTSD, Think Again, I share all the research that your doctor doesn't know about because doctors don't have time to keep up generally with all the research. But there's a lot of research proving that addictions are linked to low magnesium and magnesium is a reversal tool for addiction that works better than rehabs in many cases, better than drugs, better than all the therapies that people do. Okay. So last but not least, I just want to tell you, I'm excited about the show next week. We're going to be talking about how to recognize a narcissist and how to steer clear of a narcissist before you get into a relationship and get your heart broken and damaged and traumatized. And my guest is Dr. Eleanor Greenberg. She's an international expert, a professor of gestalt psychoanalysis and um, a professional um trainer and teacher. She's an editor of the Gestalt Review. She, she's an amazing expert on narcissism. That's going to be a wonderful show. All right. So that's all I have for you this week. Take good care and use my relationship first aid tools to save those relationships, those discussions that are derailing. See you next time. <laughs> 
You've been listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Sign up for Dr. Jamie's newsletter at AskDrLove.com and receive her meditation audio that will guide you to open your heart and chill out during these stressful times. Thank you.